Let me try to squeeze in a word here. You know, so I took some time away from Congress after 20 some odd years of devoted to public life. I think I'm entitled to that. Okay, and what did you do? You immediately offered your services to lobby. I didn't immediately lobby. do anything. You did. You went out to I make didn't lobby money at all. A that's, that's not true. You did the classic hack Lawrence, thing, and you know it. Lawrence, you know I didn't do did. it. It's not supported by the Come facts. On. It's not supported by the evidence. You're just saying something that's not true. You have a right to Anthony, do it. It's your you show, but that's not true. Dollars, you made I half a million dollars. I didn't lobby anybody. Hustling your services. What do you mean hustling? For government intervention. Lawrence, you can use however many pejorative words you want in your harangue. Lawrence. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. I just need like a hand signal when the harangue is done. <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell's a piece of crap, man. But so anyway, I can I can <laughs> I can't root for him in any conversation. So in the uh, in the uh, in the Wiener movie, so then they're arguing about the sex scandal and all that sort of stuff, and Wiener really fights back the way Anthony Wiener did. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he goes home and he's watching the video, and he's he's sitting there in his t-shirt and his shorts, and he's watching the video at home. And uh, and saying to his wife, do you think I helped myself or I hurt myself here? I don't know how else I would have answered these questions anyway. And then a part comes along, he starts laughing. And Huma says, how can you laugh at this? What is funny about this? Where's the hammer? <laughs> but anyway, the point Anthony uh, Weiner makes toward the end that is is actually of importance to all this, and he's a- he was absolutely true. And we we do it, although we're not really, you know, we're not really in the business of trying to get to the bottom of things like a lot of these, like the Washington Post should be, like the New York Times should be, like a lot of these news organizations should be. He's, he's, he's just talking about how there, there's a game that gets played with these scandals. He said, I did it. I did what I, what, you know, I, I gave them the story. But then it becomes about that stuff. And in the same way we've covered OJ or Scott Peterson or Monica Lewinsky or Anthony Weiner or whatever, it's every bit, if not mostly about just the gossip part of it. Ooh, sure. look what he did. Look how mad she is at him. Look at that. Oh, can you believe they did that? As opposed to just trying to figure out the truth or what's best for the client or the victim or the whatever. Right. And and that's what happens in all of these. And, and he said the media plays this hypocrisy role and acts like... <laughs> You know, it's all about truth and justice, and everybody goes along with it. Well, there could be no better example than the Stormy Daniels thing. Yeah, and that's what's happening with the Stormy Daniels thing, too. And and I don't see that ending anytime soon, but that is absolutely what happens. So we continue to gossip, which is a sin, and it's (laughs) it's a... um, it's a uh, it's something that none of us well I'll speak for myself that I don't like when I do it but it's so easy to get into and you kind of put it in the in the trappings of well I'm trying to get to the bottom of an important story but that's not really what you're doing no of course not no it's just glee it's glee and tearing other people down and signaling your own virtue it's as old as time and maybe excusing some of your own bad behavior sure oh and I got plenty to excuse yeah that's that's an interesting um it's a personal fault that has now become a real fault of the media. Sure. The real media, not just trashy media like it used to be, but all of the media now. Well, exactly. Yeah, all the media is trashy. It used to be you'd be ashamed to be seen carrying certain magazines around yeah. as the person who reads that sort of S, but now it's everywhere. So. It is Sounds like some York, magazine shaming to me. It is the right. New York Times now right. that is yeah. willing to just get into the gossip part of it. Sure. It's interesting. And pretend it's of substance, but mm-hmm. it's really just talking about two people doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For instance. Can you believe he had sex with her? Ooh, his wife must be mad. Let's see how mad she is. That's what it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if there's some, some like, traffic ticket level sty- uh, sized um, 
campaign finance violation there. Well, there you go. You hang your hat on that and talk about it for weeks and weeks. And it works both ways, of course. But. Mm-hmm. Stop the hammering. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so listen, Brett Baer was on Air Force One with the president coming back from Singapore from the big uh, little fathead and, 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 and Trump uh, summit. And he, he asked him about all sorts of stuff. I don't know. Some of you are like anti-Fox News or whatever. I get it. This is the opinion shows. Maybe they're, they go against your grain. You can't stand them. But Brett Baer is one of the great journalists in broadcasting. That's a good He's, news show. If you want to oh, know what's going on in the world, that's a good news show. It's an hour of very serious news coverage. Um, and it is, uh, it is uh, you know, it certainly has a point of view. And they choose what stories they want to cover. But it's not opinion based it's it's solid news anyway uh brett talked to the president about the summit and here's some of how it went down we will solve a big problem a big dilemma that until this point has been unable to be solved after the pool cameras left the bilateral meeting president trump and his team pulled out an ipad to show the north korean dictator and his team a highly produced four-minute video put together by the National Security Council. Destiny Pictures presents we can skip a this story and it's just audio from a packed video. news conference. I hope you liked it. I thought it was good. I showed it to him today, actually during the meeting, toward the end of the meeting. And I think he loved it. About eight of their representatives were watching it, and I thought they were fascinated by it. I thought it was well done. The president then spent more than an hour answering journalists' questions, more than three dozen of them even mentioning the specific real estate pitch he used with Kim Jong-un. They have great beaches. You see that whenever they're exploding their cannons into the ocean, right? If I said, boy, look at that beach, wouldn't that make a great condo behind? And I explained, I said, you know, instead of doing that, you could have the best hotels in the world right there. Think of it from a real estate perspective. From the press conference on Sentosa Island, a 20-minute motorcade to an airbase in Singapore to board his ride home. Air Force One. Thanks for the time. What is this, 26 hours? 20, I'm now on my 26th. We've been negotiating <laughs> with some very good negotiators. Yeah. <laughs> nice to be with you. Thank you for having us. You took every question in the news conference. Well, I took a lot of them, and we had a lot of reporters. I don't know if you saw that room, but the credentials were like record kind of numbers, and I took as many as I could. People are really happy about it, even... I would say non-Trump fans, that people are really happy. Uh, It's something that I'm very proud of. Now, with that being said, I want to get it done. But I believe that Chairman Kim wants to get it done. You do. I mean, there was one part of the news conference, I think you were kind of joking, that six months from now you could say, this was a mistake and I'm never going to tell you that. That could happen. I mean, all of a sudden. But you don't believe that. It's deals, whether it's this, which is so important, or buying a building or doing whatever you may be doing. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But I said, you know, I only consider it successful if it gets done. I think we've done something very historic already in one way, but to me, a success is when it gets done. Is the military drawing down uh, in South Korea? You kind of hinted at that. Um, and is 
is there going to be this kind of tit for tat? No, it's not drawing down at all. In fact, honestly, it was never discussed. I'm sure he'd like that. It was never on the table. We, you know, when when I met him today, we have a very good relationship. I feel, I feel it's good. You know, we know when we have chemistry. You know it as well as anybody, and you understand what I mean. Uh, but when I met him today, we had done three months, almost four months worth of work prior to my meeting. So we sort of understood that was never on the table. With that being understood, and and you know, you ask me a question like that, I would love to get the military out as soon as we can because it costs a lot of money, a lot of money for us. We don't get paid fully for that military, which you know I'll be talking to South Korea about. But uh, we have 32,000 soldiers in South Korea. I'd like to get them home. I would like to, but it is not on the table right now. That's one one part of it. That uh, a couple things there. First of all. Um, when he was talking about judging people, reading people, understanding people. The last three presidents, I don't think H.W. is probably like this, but the last three presidents, Trump, Obama, and George Bush, all thought they were the sort of guys that could, with their personality, make anything happen. Either individually or in a room full of people. Right, and that they could read people so well they would know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think they uh, all failed sometimes at that. Yeah. Um, but they, they both are so confident in their in their personalities because it's worked for them their whole lives to get what they want out of people. I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. The stuff on the um, him pointing out that it was never on the table, the idea of, of bringing out the troops. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's not what I was told by a lot of the media. Uh, he gave it away. Right. Well, and, well, and that wasn't part of the negotiation, hasn't been yet. Listen, the way Trump negotiates, the way he talks about it, the, the, his faith in himself, some of it I find very troubling, and it's at the very least wildly unconventional. On the other hand, the criticism of him uh, saying we won't do the war games um, as having given away the store without getting anything in return, a lot of that stuff is just partisan claptrap because there's a midterm going about to happen, and, and the media is mostly liberal, and so they're trying to take whatever shots at him they can. But... The fact that he he made it clear, and, and again, you left these. Picture if Obama did this. There are no military exercises until February. And Trump has made it infinitely clear repeatedly that any concessions are conditional on the North Koreans behaving uh, the way they're supposed to in negotiating in good faith. So there's nothing going to happen until February anyway. He's saying, yes, well, I tell you what, we won't do, if you guys keep negotiating in good faith and this is going well, we won't do the exercises. That's a big, giant if. So I don't think he gave away the store at all. I no. think that that is a it's, a, it's a punishment masquerading as an incentive. I also like him pointing out the fact, the same way he did with NATO, that these people don't pay the chunk of money that they had agreed to pay for these things. Right. If it's an agreed amount, I, I, I'm i with you on that and with Trump on that. My disagreement is sometimes he behaves as if, like, the troops in Korea only benefit Korea, as opposed to keep the peace and have enormous benefits for the United States. But if you had an agreement to pay us a certain amount of money for things, and then you stop paying that, are we the ones that are pulling away from this agreement? Or uh-uh. did you pull away from this agreement? Pay up, biatches, that's yeah. what I say. Do you want to come back and we'll get into the stuff where he talks about it, whether or not uh, Kim's a good guy or a bad guy? I yes, that please. I thought that was pretty interesting. Highly controversial. Yeah. That is a tough one. That's a tough one. You, you have to sit there and smile and shake hands with somebody who's you know, murdering children. Right. In effect. Starving them. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Pretty 
Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. The nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So there has been some leaks from the IG report that come out this afternoon. The IG is going to blast Comey for not following FBI protocol. I'm not sure that means anything, but I suppose we'll discuss that tomorrow, maybe. I don't know. Be a fun discussion. I'm not uh, sure it'll come to anything. State of New York is going after the Trump charity. That's a breaking story, too, that Marshall will have in his (laughs) news. I think there's probably some vulnerability there. Yeah, I would imagine. Whatever. Whatever. Defiant. Uh, So uh, back to Brett Baer's interview with the president in which he says some really interesting things about some really bad guys. Well, I think very strongly. I mean, you'll see over the next couple of weeks. They understand what we're doing. With that being said, I have a very good relationship with President Xi of China. He's, you know, an incredible guy. They just, you know, essentially president for life. Yeah. It's pretty good. So North hey, Korea... Stop there, right there. I, <laughs> what? I, I, I was watching that yesterday, and I thought, what does that mean? He, you get President Xi of China, is essentially president for life, he smiles. That's pretty good. That he took over the country as a dictator? Trump's the new Hitler! He wants dictatorial powers! Trump's Hitler! But what what a weird way to react to that. Uh, you know, so uh, the guy consolidated consolidated enough enough power that he was able to change the constitution and become dictator of a giant communist country. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, just <laughs> he just admires strong guys. Is that it? Well, yeah, and he's really into flattery as a negotiating tactic. And if you're flattering a dictator, what are you going to say? He's got he wears really nice ties. Can you flatter him in person and not on the world stage or something? Uh, who was I reading the other day? I think it was Molly Hemingway who uh, writes for the Federalist and is super smart. But she's talking about um, how Trump's staunchest supporters spend a fair amount of their time trying to figure out what the hell he's talking about. And so, yeah, that's that's just a Trumpism. That's a president for life. That's pretty good. What? <laughs> I mean, just I can't imagine what he was trying. He just says stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Moving along. President Xi is of China. He's you know he's an incredible guy. They just you know essentially president for life. Yeah, it's pretty good. So North Korea you was know, that a joke? I don't know. They've agreed to several things before. Yeah, but that's with a different president, and nobody's taken it this far, and presidents have never met with anybody from North Korea. It's been, you know, delegated to other people. And even if they did meet, they wouldn't have been able to pull it off. But this is something that should have been done years ago. All right, pause it for a second. See, that, that bothers me. He thinks just the force of his personality and how great he is will get it done. Instead of saying, well, here's the difference. We're going to have a regimen of inspections, a transparency, a level of transparency that has never happened before. Um, they're not going to cheat because we're not going to let them cheat. As opposed to, I'm such an effing rock star. <laughs> I'm so great. I'm the greatest. A lot, many people say I'm the greatest. But don't I mean, you that's, think that's a dumb answer? Don't you think all three of our last presidents had that in common, though? Yes, that they 100%. just think I am so freaking smooth. I can come in and convince this person or these people of anything. Right. Bush thought that. Obama thought that, and Trump thinks yeah. that. 
Yeah, Bush thought he had so much cowboy common sense, yeah. and he'd been uh, he'd lived rough, he'd lived, he'd reformed, etc. He knows people. You're not going to fool me, says George W. Bush. Obama thinks he's the smartest guy who's ever lived and the most charming human being who's ever graced us with his presence. Assalamu alaikum. And then, then Trump thinks he can sell sand Arabs, as this saying goes. <laughs> and, and none of them was right. So that, that well, no, bothered nobody me, but it was is, very nobody, Trumpy. Nobody is that. Well, and as I always, I tried to teach my kids about <clears throat> those who would victimize them, whether, you know, uh, perverts or internet scammers or whatever. People who do that are very good at their jobs. Coming off as not a criminal is their job. So just because somebody comes off as not a criminal doesn't mean they're not a criminal. In fact, that's a good indication they are a criminal. Suspect everyone. I wonder uh, if that's a major change in our presence. I don't think H.W. Bush was the kind of guy who thought, you know, my personality will win the day. I don't think Reagan thought he could do that to people. I don't think Carter probably thought he could do that. Ford didn't think he could do that. Mm-mm. I don't know if Nixon was even that kind of guy. I, no, that Nixon, might be a, Nixon, for all his flaws, was a gritty, gritty realist. Maybe you have to go back to FDR the last time you had a president. President who just saw, uh, yeah, that's why I say the. Uh, did I throw in Clinton or not? Oh, I'm sorry, maybe I misunderstood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe I didn't. No, did I? Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, well, you said the last three, right? So yeah. that's Trump, W. I think we're, uh, and we're, we're letting yeah. this get in the way of the, yeah. the larger points. No, all those, all <laughs> right. those guys. Yeah, and I think that's the change. You had a you had a succession of presidents who think, look, let me in there. I'll convince them of this. Right. Not based on facts or whatever, just my personality. That's it. Why have we decided we want to vote for that kind of person? You ought to walk into the room with the I smell something bad look on your face, at least internally, and you ought to walk out with that same look on your face. Because if Kim Jong-un comes off as a guy who really wants a deal, he's going to do the right thing. He's going to give up his nukes, et cetera, et cetera. He's really good at his job, and his job is convincing you that that's the case. We need so to, I, I worry a little bit. We need to take a look at ourselves. We may be more into force of personality presidents than uh, than we ever have been. Was, I guarantee you we are. Was Clinton the first kind of internet president where the campaigning and, and, and such happened mm, during the internet no. era? No, that was too early for that in a significant way. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was there, but nobody used it. Maybe it it just gets to a level of populism that has been around that long. Like, I remember that thing of Clinton playing the saxophone on Arsenio Hall show. That was a video that was available on the internet when I was a kid, right? Like, that was there. Other presidents didn't have that sort of way to communicate personality the way that these other ones did. I don't know if the internet plays a role, but the saxophone on Arsenio definitely was part of that. Cool guy can convince you stuff. Boxers thing. or briefs, etc. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think I've just discovered something. What have you discovered? Well, this whole four presidents in a row who believe they can convince people of anything. It's not about tactics, knowledge, facts, all that sort of stuff. Right. It's just hey, I can convince anybody of anything. You know, I would argue that, uh, and and I understand the negative aspects of this too, but the backroom politics, the uh, smoke filled room, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yielded a different sort of person than the TV appearance God isn't he charming culture. Um, the who would you rather have a beer with culture. Right. And there are advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. Good stuff coming up in Marshall's News. Yeah, we got New York suing the Trump Foundation for illegal conduct. Details about the Justice Department report on the Hillary Clinton email investigation are starting to appear. Do you have sources? Yes, we do. Oh, my. And how police are using Spider-Man talents to catch crooks. They can shoot webs out of their wrists? Yep. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
I didn't get to yesterday that I promised is how they caught that uh, sex weirdo at Michigan State. Oh, the guy who, uh, it's good to love your dog, but don't love your dog. That guy. Right, yeah. which is kind of a strange, not as dangerous aside to the awful story. I saw some of the victims of the Michigan State, you know, human right. sex scandal right. on TV this morning. Man, that, that university is messed up. And and more and more young women are coming out uh, on the uh, USC yeah uh, rapist victimizer guy oh. uh, the the gynecologist I guess but yeah. they caught a physics professor at Michigan State who was sexing up dogs what anyway how they caught him is kind of interesting news now with Marshall Phillips well President Trump's foundation served as a personal piggy bank for his businesses legal bills and presidential campaign that's what New York's attorney general is saying as she sued the charity Trump and three of his children that's what everybody's been uh, well not everybody but everybody who hates the Clintons has been saying about the Clinton Foundation yep. exact same sort of thing so now they're saying true clearly too so now they're saying the Trump Foundation how many of your rich people foundations are about getting money to come to them all of them <laughs> about all of them nah. a lot of them would be I'll bet or they take a chunk anyway whenever you hear proceeds go to charity be on the watch out the AG's office I mean, said a, a, a portion of proceeds when you hear the phrase yeah. a portion of proceeds will be donated to charity yeah, what some, portion please sometimes that portion is very small the AG saying the Donald J. Trump Foundation was little more than a checkbook for payments from Mr. Trump for his businesses for nonprofits, regardless of their purpose or legality. Okay, here's a good one. If this turns out to be true, it might not be, because there's a lot of people who hate Trump not to get him. But if that turns out to be true, as a Trump fan, where are you? Because that's 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 something I can't uh, I can't up with what I will not put. <laughs> uh, that is really uncool. Fake charities. Just to, to, yeah. to make money? Yeah. I, well, I'd like to know more. Where'd the money come from? Where'd it go? Et cetera. Who profited and in what way? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to know. Well, yeah. the, the suit is saying, in part, the foundation illegally helped support Trump's campaign by raising money at a nationally televised fundraiser in January 2016, then allowing campaign staffers to d- dictate how the money was spent in grants. Uh, but were the grants legitimate? Were they for legitimate charities? So, you know what? Boy, this could be a big topic and a yeah. good one. Uh, as I've mentioned before, I grew up uh, in Chicagoland, as we refer to that area. Um, and it, it was absolutely transparent. It was naked. It was talked about. every. It was in the open that Democrat politicians would get great levels of uh, federal and state financing. Right. They would hand it out to their cronies. Their cronies would assure that their people would show up right. to vote, et cetera, et cetera. And these great, well-meaning federal grants were merely political spending. Right. And it seemed to be charitable, but it really wasn't. It would just so, go round and round in a circle. Well, yep, yeah. Money so coming back to you. The campaign staff said where the money should go. How egregious was it? Was it to charities that don't really exist and only exist to advance Donald Trump's um, uh, political aspirations? Were they legitimate charities that were actually helping people and it makes the Trump look good that he gave to those charities? Right. I mean, because those are two different levels of political involvement. I mean, if my camp, if I run for office someday, number one, abduct me and, and don't let me go until I promise I won't. <laughs> but if I do, and my campaign staff says... What do you see yourself, Ron? I see you being county assessor. <laughs> 
Don't <laughs> dangle that beautiful dream in front of me, Jack. Um, <laughs> um, uh, well, as you know, I'd like to be a judge because I'm very judgmental. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. But if my campaign director were to say, hey, Joe, I know you, you got your uh, foundation there. It would look really, really good if you gave the March of Dimes. Okay. I mean, it look really good. And I say, okay, we'll give to the March of Dimes. Now, that is a completely different problem than if they say, hey, listen, go to the, uh, give to the human fund, because my cousin Jimmy runs it, and he can do stuff for you. Right. And the same with the March of Dimes. My right. wife happens to chair the local March of Dimes. And, See, I uh, didn't even know you have a wife. You know, there you go. So, the, the, you know, we're, so yeah, the I don't, yeah, what level of scumbaggery yeah. are we talking about? Yeah. Well, well, just the, the truth will out, as they say. Except that it usually doesn't. We got a new government watchdog report highly critical of the FBI's handling of the Hillary, Hillary Keep Clinton. Keep that uh, physics professor away from the government watchdog. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the report. Excellent callback. The report. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> highly critical of the FBI's handling of the Hillary Clinton email investigation. Bloomberg News reports that Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz found that former FBI Director James Comey deviated from Bureau and Justice Department procedures in handling the probe into Clinton, damaging the agency's image of impartiality, even you though... You think? They'll never... It'll be generations yeah. if they ever do get back to uh, people believing that they're impartial on this sort of thing. And first of all, staying out of politics, because Comey himself says, if I'd have thought the election was closer, right. I wouldn't have done that. It's not your job in the FBI to try to predict who's going to win an election and then make decisions based on it. How simple a concept is that? The IG's report going on to say, even though Comey wasn't motivated by politics, the department's watchdog found in the highly anticipated report, Horowitz writing in the conclusions of that report, quote, while we did not find that these actions were the result of political bias on Comey's part, we nevertheless concluded by departing so clearly and dramatically from FBI and department norms, the decisions negatively impacted the perception of the FBI and the department as far as far as being fair administrators of justice. He didn't try to help one side or the other, but it was the jumping into it at all. And and the best way to avoid that sort of thing was be don't even read articles about the polls, dude. You shouldn't even know who's ahead because it doesn't make any difference to you. Well, I think Donald J. Trump, who is a pretty decent judge of people, uh, he nailed it. Comey's a showboat. He's an egomaniac. And, uh, you know, he's every well, what, what, what was that great quote about him? That he's never told a story that he's not the hero of. Hero and martyr of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is, everybody gets called an egomaniac in, the, in this business and world and the art of differences, but he actually is. He actually believes he needs to control everything because he's the only person with all the wisdom and right. righteousness to control things. He's a strange dude on that level. Turns out police in Park City, Utah, are testing a new device to help them immobilize suspects who could hurt themselves or others during a mental health crisis. I love this. This is good, Marshall. Park City Police Chief Wade Carpenter says his first look at the bowler wrap left him thinking about a well-known comic book character. I I thought uh, this is almost like Spider-Man technology. I was very intrigued by it. The bowler wrap is a cord that is launched at high speed to wrap around a suspect, controlling their movements. 
Officials say it's an alternative to using deadly force or tasers against somebody who oh, refuses much to better. cooperate. Yeah. Oh, that's a huge leap forward. I, yeah. hope it, I hope it works, and I hope it's widespread. See, the Joe Getty Foundation would be more than happy to to furnish the funds to, to buy this in every police department in America. And you need you and your wife need to travel to Paris, France, to see how it's working in their jurisdiction? And yeah. the foundation will pay your trip over there? <laughs> and Bali. Because they use it in Bali. Right. Or they will after I give them one. There's several worldwide locations. Park City, by the way, is one of 15 agencies now testing out the device here in the U.S. The, uh, that would be a huge leap forward. The fact that somebody who's troubled, right. they're afraid, they're mentally ill, and then they get shot for it is just sickening. Yeah, it's pretty awful. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Let's ring the bell. Michelangelo actually snuck into Freedom Hall. At night, with a microphone and a hammer, and he rang the Liberty Bell. Ring the bell. School's in, sucker. Hmm. Thanks for that. <laughs> More of Brett Baer and Donald J. Trump uh, aboard Air Force One. The, the president said some really inter- interesting things. Some stuff that was great and really puts the idiot media in their place. Some stuff he said, I can't figure out what the hell he was thinking. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. What you doing? Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. But what did you do? What did you say? Or did you walk or did you run away? Where are you now? Where have you been? Did you go alone or did you bring a friend? I need to know. about whether to play a joke. Do we have a good joke? If it's a stupid joke, I don't want it. I think we put a lot of pressure on Sean right here. Yes. Put a lot of pressure on Sean. Yes. Don't play this unless you believe it's going to make me laugh. And I won't Here in California, there will be a literally divisive measure on the ballot in November that, if it passes, would separate our state into three different parts. It's called the Cal 3 plan. It would divide California into three parts. The part that smokes weed the part that smokes meat and the part that smokes meth i think are the three <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty good yeah uh-huh. yeah Go that's clever it's clever kimmel so uh donald trump uh, brett bear on air force one talking about the summit etc cetera, etc cetera. let's uh, keep rolling huh tough people and you take it over from your father i don't care who you are what you are how much of an advantage you have if you can do that at 27 years old you, I mean, that's one in 10,000 that could do that. So he's a very smart guy. He's a great negotiator. But I think we understand each other. All right. Pause it. I think that's just Trump flattery, and he's at the point in the negotiation where he, he, he wants to Kim on his good side. You know, he's a great negotiator. Yeah, if he doesn't like your position, he'll have you machine gunned. I mean, that makes you a good negotiator. Um, he's a brute and a dictator and a torturer and a murderer. It's his family business. But Trump knows that. And, you know, I'm not comfortable with his answers, but I think the mainstream media is just trying to whip things up by saying he didn't go far enough uh, in condemning Kim. He knows what he's dealing with. And, you know, Trump himself made the point that we, meaning Obama, Clinton, Carter, everybody, makes deals with bad people. You have to. It's just the way of the world. Go ahead. 
about him, he's still some, done some really bad things. Yeah, but so have a lot of other people done some really bad things. I mean, I could go through a lot of nations where a lot of bad things were done. Now, look, with all of that being said, the answer is yes. I'm going from today. I'm going from maybe 90 days ago because we really started this. We got a call that he was going to the Olympics. He would like to go to the Olympics. And that was sort of the beginning of what we have right now. And we're very far down the line. You saw the agreement. Nobody thought we were going to have an agreement like that. And things were given to me, as you know from the news conference, things were given to me, Brett, that were not even part of the agreement. I got them after we had signed the agreement. And so verification, you're confident you can set up I'm the system? I'm totally conffident. And if we can't, we can't have a deal. I mean, we have to be, you know, it has to be verified. So but right one there, the I mean, that, that's an important point that gets left out of a lot of these discussions. We have to be able to verify it. If we can't, there's not going to be a deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that would kill a lot of the cable news shouting, and I hate to do that because they're nice people and they need to earn a living, but <clears throat> most of it's just phony crap. And if he puts in a weak verification um, uh, program, then, you know, he'll get killed for it. And Buy I'll be first in line to yeah. bash him for it. Yeah, absolutely. And so verification, you're confident you can set up uh, the system. totally confident. And if we can't, we can't have a deal. I mean, we have to be, you know, it has to be verified. But one of the things that really I'm happy is that the soldiers that died in Korea, their remains are going to be coming back home. And we have thousands of people that have asked for that. Thousands and thousands of people. So many people asked when I was on the campaign, I'd say, wait a minute, I don't have any relationship. But they said, when you can, President, we'd love our son to be brought back home. You know, the remains. And I asked, we, we had pretty much finished, and I said, would you do me a favor? The remains of, of these great fallen heroes, uh, could we do something? He agreed to it immediately. It All right, so great. Trump's not a, a student of history. He doesn't know this. The North Koreans have promised that multiple times, and they just don't do it. Or they send back a few, and then things go sour, and they don't send back anymore. You know whether it happens or not, I have no idea. But I would say it's not a major point in the agreement. Uh, and I say that with all due respect to the, the families involved. Um, I, I hope he can get that done, but we'll see. Yeah, that, that stuff about there's a lot of bad countries in the world, I, I completely get that. I think that's a legitimate thing to say. We've been dealing with Saudi Arabia and Egypt, for instance, for decades. Saudi Arabia for many, many, many decades. And they're, they're an awful country, do awful things to human beings. Um, but, Pakistan, India, Belgium. Where he went too far, as I said earlier, is when he told O'Reilly, look, we're not so innocent. Nah, you don't get to say that as president of the freaking United States. That was way out of bounds. Well, particularly given the comparison at the time, which was Putin. Yeah. Who's a, a dictator. He's a kleptocrat, meaning a uh, a, a thief. He, he's a torturer and murderer of journalists. The rest of it, that, is, that was wildly inappropriate and indefensible. I wonder if but that's Trump. I wonder if Trump's role in the North Korea thing is practically over. And now it's to Pompeo and uh, lower-level people. Well, I think he's the CEO still. I see what you mean, yeah. He didn't build the hotels. He would just uh, approve the design and then inspect it and say, yeah, that looks nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now he's in CEO mode. And Pompeo, I think, is sharp as a tack. I think he'll do a good job. How much? Or or he will say to Trump, it ain't working. Got like another four minutes of this? Uh, Oh, hmm. do we want more four more minutes of this? I don't know. We can let's let's we'll search for the best parts and bring you highlights. So, 
The list of words being added to the dictionary is out again, as Sean said, has four weeks gone by already. It seems like once (laughs) a month they say, we've added new words to the dictionary again. It's the only way I know that rents do is when a new list comes out. Right, it's like Dancing with the Stars. There's a new season every five weeks. Um, Some of them are pretty good, though. New entries include binge-watching, clearly enough of a term that needs to be. Yeah. Upskirting. Oh Lord! What's upskirting? Uh, oh, that's that. It's untoward behavior. Uh, yeah, Jack, not. you don't. You're, people looking you're up people's enough. skirts. Yes, but hasn't that always existed? Pornography on that theme. Uh, not so much looking up, but capturing images of. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. Sometimes you know, with the model's consent. Sometimes some poor lady on a bus. Yeah. Hip hop culture is now in the dictionary. That's a phrase. How's that word? Shakshura. I don't know what shakshura is or shakshuka. Shakshuka. I I need to know what that is. But uh, some of these other words, pansexual, yeah. means you're attracted to people of all genders, means you're pansexual. Oh, Is that yeah. different than bisexual? I thought it means you want to have sex with cookware. Shakshuka is a dish of eggs poached in a sauce of okay. tomatoes, chilies, and peppers. Oh, that oh, one sounds right delicious. I like this one because I suffer from it. Imposter syndrome means feeling as though you're a fraud, especially in a work environment. I mm. do all the time. I, uh, uh, if I'm wearing a suit, I feel like I'm a fraud. If I'm in first class, I feel like I'm a fraud. Uh, lots of different times, I feel like I'm a fraud. It's called imposter syndrome. There were moments as we were meeting with the heaviest of heavyweights in the radio business, I found myself thinking, why the hell are they meeting with us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've been misled somehow. <laughs> Got a couple of those, uh, more of those coming up. So if you get the fourth hour or you're a podcaster, maybe have the perfect story to define the year 2018 in the United States of America. The way things work, as of today in this country, I've got a story that shows you all facets of it. Fabulous. Yeah. It's just crazy. And more uh, news from the headlines of the day. Sounds like a real shakshuka of infotainment (laughs) and tormation. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.